What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. We are here with your weekly roundup. I'm your host, Colin, here with my co-host, Noah. What's cooking, baby? What's up? How you doing? Dude, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. There, uh, there was a lot of basketball watching for me this week. I, uh, I took some time off of work, so it was pretty nice. I just... I indulged in the National Basketball Association. How about you? How was uh how, how have you been? Pretty good. Uh watched the Pacers play tonight. Got a dub over the Rockets. That's a sexy dub. That's a sexy dub. No um, Christian Wood though, which is the scary thing. They didn't have him. I know. Is that injury concern or just a little uh day to day taking him out? Yeah, probably day to day. I don't know exactly. But I'm very glad yeah. he didn't play. Well, I was pissed because I have Christian Wood in categories, and I was really expecting him to do something for me. But alas, he did not, which sucks. But it's whatever. You get through that. All right. Do you wanna you wanna get into this uh this little first segment we're gonna do here? Winners and losers of the week. Just pop right into it. I get, yeah. Give me your first winner of the week. All right, my first winner of the week. No, no, who do you think my first winner of the week is? I just, just out of curiosity, like doing a little predictions thing. Um, if I had to guess, if you had to guess, I think it might be head. the uh, Cincinnati Royals. Oh, oh, yes, it is. Oscar Robertson came out this week, posted nineteen forty-two and twelve. That's 19 points, 42 boards, and 12 assists a game. The man's a legend. I think they're going to do big things. So And he drank 24 beers at halftime. Is that facts? That's facts. He did that once? No. Damn. Would have been... I, I didn't know if he had like a little Wade box. The <laughs> NBA was crazy back in the day. The, uh, the cocaine circus Chicago Bulls. You know what? All right, I ruined it. It's the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are one of my winners this week. And it's the hometown pick, but how can you not give it to them? So this week, they're they're playing the Kings. It's the third quarter as we're recording. But in the last week, they went 3-1. and one. The gutsiest Bulls win that I've seen since Zach Levine dropped like nine points in 45 seconds to beat the Hornets in ridiculous fashion last year. But the gutsiest win since then over a, a pretty good Trailblazers team. I, I think we could get into that if the Blazers really have their, their merits and what those are because they've definitely underperformed. But with that said, Blazers come out of the gate swinging. I mean, fucking put four threes just down our throat. It was an early deficit. And at one point in the third quarter, second quarter, second quarter, we're down 20 points. I mean... And what's impressed me most is we come back, we get the win, but in all the post-game stuff, like three different players from last year's Bulls teams were asked, do you win that game last year? And every single one of them said no. That that just was not the team dynamic. Under Jim Boylan, you don't win that game. You, wow. You falter, you lose. Levine, Thad Young, and I, I forget, maybe it was Valentine, all said it. They were all like, no, like we don't win. But... Like they made the point, like certain teams, like they have their leader. Like on the Lakers, like LeBron is your leader. Like you know that. Like 
you go to the Suns. Chris Paul is your leader. On the Bulls is Billy Donovan. And with a young roster, like, I am totally fine with that. Like, we need somebody to just be the goddamn leader, and he's doing it. And he's coaching really well. He's figuring it out. He's giving guys opportunities. He's making them play their best basketball. And for that reason, I, 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 I'm I, not saying that the Bulls are going to the playoffs because they're not. There's no way. I, I just think that the Eastern Conference just – Got a little bit too good this year for the Bulls to make the playoffs, but we're headed in the right direction, and it's it's really exciting to watch. So, Bulls winner of the week. I know we got bopped by the Bucks, but have to take them. Have to take them. You upset about that? You mad, bro? I mean, you are kind of a homer. I could have picked the Pacers, but I didn't because you know I'm Did an honorable man. Last week, yeah. Did you, you like? Oh, <laughs> I like the. I like how you talked about how Billy Donovan is a leader, and I feel like he can, that's a bad Young's been playing a little more. And I feel mm-hmm. like he can somewhat transfer that leadership off the court onto the court through Thad Young too, since he's really the only veteran yeah. on that team, honestly. Seriously, I mean, like other than that, like you've got like Denzel Valentine, who's just been on the Bulls for seven years for God fucking knows why. Denzel Valentine actually could be my least favorite bull behind Sadoransky. I hate Sadoransky. Why do you uh, hate I don't Sadoransky? Know, I, I just think in my mind, like, I just watch the Bulls be terrible and terrible, and Sadoransky just, he he just epitomizes to me, like, a team that is going nowhere. Like, what competitive team has ever had Thomas Sadoransky playing he a lot He hasn't had a chance. In? And he shouldn't. He should never have it. He should just forever be like on like the bottom ten teams in the NBA, just like cooking starting minutes. And he should make ten mil a year doing it. And Dude, he will die a very happy and rich man. The Clippers would kill to have Thomas Sadaransky. I almost guarantee that on their team right now. And he would start probably most of the games. Well, that's because the Clippers don't have a point guard on their roster. They yeah. just have Pat Bev, so that's you know what that's the Clippers' fault for forgetting that the point guard position existed. But you know, you know what? All right, no, you know what I think happened there. What? I think when they traded for Paul George, they're like, "Oh shit, we got PG." They're like, "That's a point. Like he has to be a point guard. He's PG." And they're like, "We just don't." Oh, need they to got his the name confused position. with his position. They got his name confused. They That's guys, a yeah, they mistake, were like, honestly, it's. I mean, like it. It happens to the best of us. Like I know, it happens to me like twice a week. I'm just like, fuck, dude. I accidentally traded for Paul George, and I don't have a point guard on my team anymore. Like fuck, but you know, you get over it. You you you, you, you take Thomas Sadoransky in those situations, I guess. Um, last point about the Bulls. We did this all missing Laurie Markkinen. Sadoransky, who, um, because of uh, Chandler Hutchison infecting everybody with COVID. So it's been really nice that we haven't had one of our best players and that we've still been able to do this. Um, I think it says a lot about the team. I do think that Laurie's career with the Bulls is not going to be much longer. I think he probably leaves after this season. So good to wow. learn win without him. So you think the Bulls will, like, reject whatever offer sheet he signs with another team and just let him go? 
Dude, I don't. I. I seriously. I. I don't think he wants to come back. Interesting. Like, like I like there were rumors circulating over this like before we got Billy that he like was like asking to be traded, and I wow. think we offered him like a decent contract. I think we offered him four years, eighty mil, and he turned that down. Really? That that's what I've. That's like I'm pulling that off the top of my head, so that could be totally off base, but that's not I remember hearing. Wow, I did not know that. That's what I'm saying. So like, whatever you you can move on. I honestly I was like ready to trade him because then he's gonna go to the Bucks and win Giannis a championship. No, I feel like he could like go to a team like the Mavs and be really impactful. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, see that's what I'm saying. Like I really thought that the maybe Mavs the Blazers really get something up. I like the Mavs better because they have Luka Doncic of course they have like like yeah I think they are much more likely to win a championship right now but but I guess like I don't know I don't know what either of those teams would give us right now that like I'd be excited about oh he's just gonna leave yeah I mean like I guess I'd like take like the 17th pick but there's nothing super sexy so you might as well just ride it out and like maybe he'll return and maybe he'll play like shit and then we can get him for like 15 mil That'd be cool. All right, who else you got on winners? Uh, my first one of the week, I got the Philadelphia 76ers. Shout out Jack Eggleton. Uh, they're John a league-best record. They're 6-1 and one right now. Um, they're the number one defense in the league right now. But their best win is, like, the Magic right now. So it's a, it's a soft winner of the week. Because, you know, I don't think we've seen this full 76ers team really have to fight a lot of adversity yet. But uh, Embiid's like an early MVP candidate. He's putting up 23 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, and almost 2 blocks, I think. And yeah, he hit himself a night tonight, too. Oh. Tobias is shooting 47% from 3-point right now on like 5 attempts a game. And Seth Curry, that. Seth Curry has been so nice for them so far. He really just fits that lineup like perfectly. Yeah. Uh, they're actually... Uh, Embiid's putting up stupid numbers right now, and they're plus 22 say. points per 100 possessions when Embiid's off on the floor, and they're minus 14 when he's off the floor. So they're like, an, he's playing like noticeably better basketball, like making winning plays this year. And Dude. one thing I noticed with um, what was their old coach's name, Brett Brown? He used to like yeah. he had a really hard set rotation. So, like, if Embiid's played his minutes, it's like, oh, we got to get him out. Even if he's, like, playing hot, he won't, like, let him stay because yeah. he wants these minute restrictions. But Doc just, like, is not afraid to let them play for stretches, which is, like, I think is, like, really good for them. And they're sneaky deep. They're, like, low-key 11, 12 guys deep on their bench right now. Dude, seriously, I mean, there's a reason that they picked up a guy like Dwight Howard. I know he hasn't. He hasn't played out of his mind or anything, but Dwight Howard can still, like, he's still, like, a walking board. Like, if he's, like, actually got starting minutes, he would be a double-double yeah. every single night. Like, that's what he was doing. on Like, when the Hawks were shitty, when the Wizards were shitty, like, that's what he did. Like, he just, but, you know, he's acquiesced to, like, being on decent teams that can win games and being a backup guy. And they have Shake Milton, who is having himself a, a fantastic year so far. Averaging double-digit points. Yeah, seriously, and shooting pretty well. Ooh, actually, not. Uh, he's he's been a little bit cold. He's actually twenty-seven percent. 
from three on the year coming into today. So mm-hmm. not the best thing in the world, but I, I have confidence that he'll get it together. Um, he He's a guy that looks good. He's getting his shots, so they'll start falling. Yeah, Sixers are hopefully going to be a problem this year. I'd like the Sixers to be a problem because I, I think they've been so talented for so long. Like, you have that core. You know that Simmons and Embiid are a winning core. Like, go out and do it now. Um, off topic, but I am actually under the impression that if the Kawhi shot that we all know and, and love, the one that rattled around, the, the game winner, if that doesn't go in, I think the 76ers win a championship that year. I think that they were the second best team behind. It was definitely out of the East, and then they would have beaten it, that injured Warriors team. Yeah, probably. That's a pretty crazy, like, what if Embiid and Simmons get a championship? Yeah, because I watched an interview with Jimmy, and he's like, like I, I forget, oh, like, yeah, I don't remember, recall exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I forget exactly, like, how that, like, the, the exact events of how that game ended. But, like, the Sixers were coming up hot. Like, they, the Raptors had been ahead, and the Sixers, like, had come up and made it close. And, like, if it went to overtime, like, the Sixers were, like, the hot hand. It definitely was not the Raptors. So, like, obviously, you don't know what happens in OT, but, like, the Sixers were the ones that were playing better basketball right then. And they're just deeper. Like, you know, I mean, Jimmy, yeah, just blah, blah. It's a good team. It's a good team. They could have done things. I wish they had. Yeah, if only Jimmy was a better superstar. Okay, well, Jimmy has since been to a final, so pretty... Yeah, we're an anti-Jimmy Butler podcast. Pretty... Mm, that's, that's, a fake, that's a fake fact. That's just... That's not true. And you want to know why it's not true? Because Jimmy Butler was drafted by the Chicago Bulls, and I love him. Then he left. And that's it. Yeah, we traded him. Whatever. Yeah, the worst thing is trade. he wanted to be in Chicago. That is the I know. And, like that is so idiotic. <laughs> All right, the podcast we're over. It's it's happy times for the Bulls. Like we don't need to get into how stupid <laughs> Gar Packs were. Like those guys are just fucking morons. And like the worst thing is like they were generally actually like, decent at drafting. Like if you think about it, they. I mean, not, like, the most ingenious thing in the world, but they, they drafted Derrick Rose. Like, at the time, like, there was some, like, there was a decent amount of people that thought that Michael Beasley should be the number one pick. So, like, nailed that. Drafted Jimmy Butler <laughs> in the second round. Drafted Joakim Noah, who, like, there was, uh, that I remember that pick getting ridiculed, but obviously turned out to be, like, an all-time defender. I mean, a guy that finished fifth in MVP voting one year. Drafted Bobby, Bobby Portis late, who is definitely a solid pick. Laurie Markkinen has been Denzel Valentine. Better. Well, yeah, there's there's the Denzel Valentine pick, but I'm saying like overall, like they they drafted pretty well, but they were just so incompetent elsewhere. I mean, like there was a rumor that like Kyrie wanted to come to Chicago to team up with Jimmy, and we said fuck it and traded Jimmy for. Oh my god, that is yeah. all time tough. Like, Kyrie's Kyrie, and, like, who knows if he would have stayed, but, like, 
I am like always under the impression that in the East, if you can put together two superstars, like you just have a chance. Yeah. So. Wow, a lot of Bulls talk. Yeah, yeah. This tur- this segment, not winners of the week. It's winners and losers of being a Chicago Bulls fan. And recently, it's mostly a losing thing. A lot of L's. But lot, mostly L's. Almost exclusively L's. But that's going to change when it changes. Who's your um, next winner of the week? Alrighty, let's yeah, I'll move through these. Um, you you can you can help me out and agree with me on this one, but I think I, I think it, I'm I'm gonna say a team here, but I, I think it really revolves around one individual, and that's the Golden State Warriors. Um, I think yes, you absolutely sir. have to look at this past week and and call them winners. Steph with a career high after a lot of a lot of cold takes about Steph, saying that he was washed. He was getting disrespected. Yeah, and and he came out with a quote and was like, you guys are so quick to judge me, like, you're going to throw away my whole career over five games. And, like, I absolutely agree with him. Like, people were shitting on him. Like, they were they were saying he was washed. Like, I, I saw somebody say that he should retire. Like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, five <laughs> fucking games? Like, like I get, like, like we're a podcast. Like, we, we are going to overhype certain events because you're looking at it in a vacuum and you're not letting things flush out. But, like, my God, people just... They, I think they just, like, watch one game and just, like, assume, like, that's facts. So I guess, like, all the people that watch Steph put up 62 just, like, expect Steph to put up 62 every night. But he was lights out. They got Draymond back. Draymond's definitely not full to form yet, but having Draymond He's a difference helps maker. You. He's why they're winning no, these games. Well, I think Steph putting up 62 is actually... I think Steph coming least, back... I think Draymond coming back opened that possibility up for Steph. No, absolutely. I mean, no, he does so much for the floor. I mean, obviously, he's the defensive anchor on that team. Um, yeah, like the him best and passer James Wiseman. Slash playmaker. Yeah, him and Wiseman is is the front court. Like, no, Wiseman's gonna eat with having Draymond next to him because Draymond can find him for all of those easy buckets, like lobs and just like little. Two footers. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that team should should start to heat up a little bit. Um, you know who's playing some decent basketball, though? Andrew Wiggins. I mean, people love to shit on him. I I have to admit I'm one to love to shit on him. But after that horrendous start, he's actually shooting 39.5% from three on the air. Wow. Which means okay. that in his most recent games, he had to have done something that wasn't just chuck up bricks and air balls. So, I I think again, I think it all come does come back to Draymond because he just opens up the floor with the playmaking and allows all that to happen and allows Steph to be Steph, which just opens the floor for everybody else. But I I think after and I think I even said it that the Warriors would not be making the playoffs based on how they were playing um they they look again like some some semblance of the warriors teams that we, we have known in the past and you don't want to see them in the play-in that. tournament no no they make it to the play-in no tournament team, they're gonna make the playoffs there's no team more experienced than that team yeah 
Bada bing, bada boom. Um, all right, who, who's, who else you got on, on winners? My next winner of the week is a team that I usually clown on the daily, but maybe not this year. It's the uh, New York Knicks. Ooh, interessante. So, you know, they're 4-3 and three this year. And I think it's... me, I thought they were going to be trash. I thought they were going to be awful this year. Like, they wouldn't even be competing for the playing tournament. But they actually okay. look pretty decent this year. Can I tell you something? Yeah. They're actually f- they're actually five and three. They win tonight. They they picked up the dub tonight. Five and they're three. Five they and have three. wins over Atlanta, Milwaukee, and Indiana. So that's three out of their five wins. And the Jazz, who the, I mean, yeah, they beat the Jazz by twelve tonight. The Knicks are winning the championship. You know who looks like an like I, I it's it's one hundred percent like overhyped, but you know who looks like an early MVP candidate? Julius Randle. Julius Randle. I have him on fantasy. Julius He's Randall. averaging twenty two, eleven, and seven on fifty percent field goal shooting. Like another what? guy I also have on fantasy got him as the last pick in our category draft is RJ Barrett, and he's currently averaging eighteen points, eight rebounds, and four assists. He's nice. Yeah, I don't I know if you um, quick. I don't know if you know about this guy, Colin, but he's a rookie they drafted this year. His name is Emmanuel Quickly. And I've I've heard about him. He went to Maryland. He's a six three guard, one hundred eighty eight mm-hmm. pounds. And I won't act like I know a ton about Emmanuel Quickly. I actually know like nothing at all. But I read one article where the interviewer was interviewing Austin Rivers, talking about Emmanuel Quickly. And him and Rivers have been coming in on this Knicks bench and eating on the other bench units. Austin Rivers says he draws fouls, he has good decision-making, and he doesn't play scared. Which, you know, I think uh, Austin Rivers is a honestly decent quality guard in the league right now. And to hear yeah. that him say that about quickly, that's a pretty good sign. He could be, like, one of the steals of the late first round from this most current draft. Dude, absolutely. So... You might remember him from Maryland, like he's you know we're both yeah. massive Indiana fans, like so we would see them once twice a year. I mean, everybody who is the the goggles guy, um, Bruno Zamba. Fernando. What? I think his name. That's his... oh, he got he got drafted by the Suns. Actually, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, no, yeah, he got taken like in the the lot. Jalen Smith, think. maybe. Yeah, 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 Jalen. I don't know why I said Bruno Fernando, so. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, Jalen Smith. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those Maryland teams. Um, Jalen Smith was, like, definitely, like, the most hyped-up prospect because he had the goggles and he, like, was way more explosive than Quigley. But against Indiana, I just remember thinking, like, like, Quigley could pull up. Like, in ways, like, you know when you watch a college game and it's just so much slower than the NBA and everybody's just like not that talented in <laughs> <Yeah>. comparison. <laughs> like it's like there's like like in the NBA, like if I see a guy taking over the three, like I like I'm like I that should go in. Whereas yeah. if like that happens in college, you're like, ah, uh, like there's a good chance that like this is just nowhere close. Um but Quigley Quigley was wet. And like every single time I watched Indiana play Maryland, like he was consistently wet. Like he he wasn't a guy that like Took a ton of shots, but when he did, he was cash money, and 
I I think that from what I remember, that makes a lot of sense what we've got Austin Rivers telling us. Yeah. You know who else? I think I think uh, Thibodeau isn't getting much credit right now, but he is like a he is a coaching culture changing presence for the Knicks. Like really he is. For this Knicks team who's so young, they have all these young guys they're trying to develop. I feel like Thibodeau gets his players to play hard and he also gets them to want to win for him and themselves. Which I think is uh I think he's doing good stuff in New York right now, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I I can talk for days about the pros and cons of Tom Thibodeau, but the way that the Timberwolves situation went down, I don't think is is reflective of how good of a coach Tibbs is. If you want to talk about his Minnesota days, then the rebuttal is just look at his Chicago days. Yeah. And, like, obviously obviously we can talk about Derrick Rose's knees and, like, why the fuck was he in in the last minute of a blowout game? Like, no. Like, that that shouldn't have happened. And, like, yes, like, he plays his guys, like, a lot of minutes. But he's not, like, like those are flaws that, like, you can point to. And, and like, they're, they're dangerous and you have to accept them. Like, if you, Thibodeau's going to be your coach. But he's going to bring phenomenal team defense. He's going to bring hard work, and he's going to get guys to buy in. And if that doesn't happen, that's when we see the the explosions of what happens in Minnesota and even the way in which he left Chicago was not the, the prettiest of terms. And it's it's when his grind – like, uh, here's what It's I'm when saying. you start I losing think... – <laughs> yeah, it's when you start losing. I think Tom Thibodeau's best, like the the best analogy for Tom Thibodeau is, like if he was like twenty years younger, like he would be on Rise and Grind Instagram, you know. <laughs> like he'd People he'd are... wake up every day and post like, time to get it. Like here's the bag. Like I don't know. I'm making money say. while y'all are sleeping. Four a.m. tag on the Snapchat. <laughs> no, are you on Rise and Grind? Uh. Uh, if you mean rise and grind, you mean wake up at 7.30, roll out of bed, and go to my desk to start work. Yes, I am rise and grind. <laughs> On God, baby. That's the that's kind of rise and grind I'm at. I'm, I'm a little bit of a roll out of bed, look at the clock, hit snooze once, then start the day. Then we get going. Get a little coffee in my system. You like coffee? You a coffee guy? Yeah, I am a coffee guy. A lot of coffee. Drink. A lot of coffee. A lot of coffee. I'm like four cups a day. I, okay, I can't. That's a lot. Yeah, it's. I mean, here's the thing. I, I I don't think that I'm addicted. Like I think I like. I could stop. I could stop if I oh, wanted. Oh yeah. I just don't like drink it, any tomorrow. You know? Well, no, because I like it. Okay. But like, I if I if I wanted to, I wouldn't have to. You know. Yeah, I got you. You got any more winners? No, no, no. no. I've won Those more the winners. Get my it. winner, my last winner of the week is um, is different types of defenses in the NBA. So right now, the second, the third, and the fourth best defenses in the NBA are to the Cavs, the Suns, and the Pelicans. But they all play defense differently. Like the Cavs are forcing a ton of turnovers. They're forcing 17 turnovers a game, the most in the league. Holy shit. The Suns, they don't really allow many threes. 
So they're just um, they're closing out really hard. They're letting guys go into the paint to funnel them into DeAndre Ayton. And then the Pels give up a bunch of threes to protect the paint. And I just thought that was really interesting how these three teams can play vastly different defenses but all still be in the top five defenses this year. This is incredibly interesting. Um, to hone in on the Suns, I know that Booker has talked about the impact that CP3 has had on him. Um, and just how he thinks about the game and just how watching somebody approach the game in that manner helps you. Um, so if the perimeter defense is on lockdown, I, I think that the CP3 effect is is full-blown. You want to get into losers of the week? Yeah, I only got one. I I didn't think that there were too many massive losers of the week, but I'll let you really rail on some some asshole teams, <laughs> some teams full of bitch boys. Uh, um, so my first loser of the week is home teams. So home teams this season <laughs> are currently forty-seven and fifty-three. So they're six games oh, under five hundred, which is definitely something that we have not seen in most NBA seasons up to this point. And yeah, it do you begs think there's a question. Any reason for it? Well, it begs a question: Is the second game on a back-to-back even a factor? Is home court even a factor in that game when these athletes have been sleeping in the same bed multiple nights and they're not having to travel? I do you have a stat for me? Like, do you like have like the records of like back-to-backs? Uh, no, but I wish I did. Get on it, step boy. It's a That's guy pretty that interesting. interesting. That is interesting. Because um, I know in football this year, with just kind of... Right, there's certain teams that allow at least some fans in, but generally Vegas was giving teams, the, the home teams, minus like an extra point on the spread. Um, whereas in normal years, home field advantage is about a three-point spread. So, like, if Vegas thought that the teams were, like, very evenly matched, they, like, the, whoever was the home team would be favored by three points. And this year, it was, like, closer to one, one and a half. Um, so, that's really interesting that if in basketball, it's almost non-existent. Yeah, that's really... I will, I'll be really interested to see the end of year numbers on that. Yeah, I think, like... After, like, in the next couple of weeks, like, if it's, if it stays the same, like, I see no reason as to why it would change, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so well, stay tuned. We'll we'll pull up some stats for you. We should uh, just, just live on air. We, we should have an episode where we just pull some crazy stats, and we just talk about the, the craziest stats historically and in, in what's going on this, this year. You want a crazy stat right now? Yes, I fucking love crazy stats. So the Pacers and the Pelicans played the other night, and the Pacers were down Mm -hmm. six with 25 seconds left. And in the history of the league, teams that are up six with less than 25 seconds left were 8,104 to two. (laughs) And the Pacers are now the third team added onto that after their OT win versus the Pelicans. That is a nutty stat. Um, so Noah had actually, he had, Noah had told me this the other day and I was like, you know, who one of the other teams is, is the Chicago Bulls that I actually referenced earlier. Um, we played the Hornets last year 
and we came back from like a 14 point deficit with like 70 seconds left and we failed to make that metric because we were down eight with 27 seconds left and Zach Levine's three went in with 25.8 seconds. So we are not included in that metric. We we were actually within six with 25 seconds left to go. So bum-ass metric. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who's your loser right, well, of the week? My loser of the week is the Timberwolves. They just look lost. I mean, D'Angelo Russell has not played very well. Obviously, Cat's been out, but... I think they were 0-4 this week. They just... I, I watched them, and I just don't know what their identity is. Like, I don't know what that team's going to be. They got Anthony Edwards taking just shots out the ass. I mean, he's taking, like, 18 shots a game or something right now and shooting... Well, let me let me pull it up. Anthony Edwards, he's averaging 14, which... You know, first round pick. I, I guess you, you you want him to get up there, but he's shooting forty percent from the field. He's shot the ball ninety four times so far. I, I just just taking a, a lot of crappy shots, and, and it feels like that's the Timberwolves. Malik Beasley actually looks decent. Jarrett Culver's been putting up minutes, but until they get Cat back, I I just see that team is is being completely lost and having no identity and. It's just going to continue to get pounded by a much superior Western Conference. So, loser this week, probably losers next week. They might just be the losers. They they could just lose this season. The Minnesota losers. That's the what Minnesota they should change fucking the losers. It's fine. They're going to lose a bunch of games. They're going to develop their young talent. But And this is one of the best years to tank. So, you know, at least they're yeah. doing it in a good year to get a high draft pick. All right, no, I just I had a really good thought right now. You want to hear it? Sure. What if instead of the the Timberwolves, they were the the Timberwol losers? Oh, oh, that's pretty good, right? I bet you can. All right, think of that. Uh, my last loser of the week <laughs> is the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Blazers defense. Boo. Denver is currently 29th in defensive rating, and um, something. Something I think a lot of people didn't take into account was the the loss of Plumlee, Torrey Craig, and Jeremy Grant. All yeah. three really good defensive guys, and they didn't even really sign people back to replace these guys. So they're absolutely playing no defense. Paul Millsap is way too old to be trying to defend another team <laughs> forward. And they're actually, the Nuggets compared to last year, they're actually getting less shots shot at them at the rim, and they're giving up less threes a game but they're getting smoked in percentages. Like, teams are shooting 56% field goal on them this season. So oh it's God. weird that they're getting less shots in, like, the two of the high-scoring spots, like the mm-hmm. r- right at the rim and three-point shots. But they're, the shots the opponents are taking are going in at a higher rate. Which seems like, hmm, are we not closing really hard enough? They're also 24th in pace. Because they can't get any stops, so they're constantly running their half-court offense. And I imagine that can't be, like, that's how they need to unlock their team, is getting these stops so they can go fast break. Goddamn. And I do love the Denver Nuggets, but, yeah, you can't you can't lose three key role players like that and expect to 
just be the same. Like yeah. I, I think there's a perception that stars do everything and stars do a lot of things and there's certain superstars that can compensate for like a, a lack of really defined role players but a, a team like the Nuggets needs those guys it's like they don't have LeBron James as amazing as Nikola Jokic has been and will continue to be like he is a pass first kind of guy you know he's he's not going to put up 30 a night so you you need people that he's passing to to be able to score you know so yeah. um nuggets I, might I need think, to make a trade yeah i i think that the team will, will be able to figure it out jamal has looked considerably better this week than he did last week um which is obviously much needed but yeah i i think they'll figure it out and i i definitely think that they could be a team that is active at the uh, trade deadline. And then the Blazers, so they're 28th in defensive rating right now. Teams are shooting 55% on them. And, like, their starters actually play pretty decent defense. But it's when their bench unit comes in, and Ennis Cantor and Carmelo are just not stopping anyone on the defensive end. They get killed when their bench is in. And it's just, like, that's not something they can really address. Like, kind of, it kind of made themselves, like, dedicated to having Carmelo and Cantor as two of their major bench pieces. Yeah. And and in my mind, like, Carmelo, like, I watched him play against the Bulls the other night. Offensively, Melo is still there. I mean, he nailed four threes. Like, he's – I would love to have him as just, like, a bench scorer come in for those, like, first eight minutes of the uh, second quarter, like, six minutes of the second quarter and just – pull up on on the second unit, but that's just not the case with uh Inez. Like he, he all he does is pick up boards. Like Inez Cantor like like if you look at his stats, like I'm pretty sure he averages like two points a game, no re no assists and like eight rebounds and like that's it. That's all I he does. I think he certainly averages more than two points a game. I feel like you could look it up and I feel like I might be right. He's averaging 11 points this season. 11 to, I mean, it's really all the same. I same mean, thing. If you're below 12, like, th- th- why are you even scoring at all? Like, that's my question. So, yeah, the Nuggets and the Blazers really need to figure it out. Yeah. Alrighty, wow, that was, those are pretty elongated winners and losers of the week. Hopefully, hopefully you're still here. <laughs> We'd appreciate it, but I we we've got some fun segments that uh, should should liven the pace up a little bit. No, do you wanna you wanna do mine first? Yeah, let's do yours. Alrighty, um, little discussion, little hypothetical I've got for you that I thought was was pretty pretty obvious, and then I I got on online. Saw some some Twitter fingers, and it was pretty interesting what we what we came up with and what we saw. So it's an all time debate. It's it's an all time hypothetical, and the hypothetical is the two thousand starting five versus the two thousand tens starting five, and I need you to tell me who you got. So for the two thousand tens, we have Steph at point. And obviously, there's you can make different variations of this. This was the specific debate I saw. 
2010s was Curry at the point guard, Harden at the two, LeBron at the three, AD at the four, Dwight at the five. Dwight at the five was interesting, but he made the point you have to remember that like prime Dwight Howard was like one of the most dominant players we've ever seen. Yeah, he kind of did that all before 2010, though. I know, but like, (laughs) yeah, I I don't know. Like that's that's why I thought it was so interesting because they didn't like pick like who I would pick. So so to recap, you you have Steph, Harden, LeBron, AD, and then for some reason. Dwight at the five. Yeah, that's fine. I'll think and of then, it. I'll think of him as Magic Dwight. Yeah, and then 2010's team, you have AI at the point. You mean the 2000 team? Yeah, that's what what I say. 2010s. Okay, fuck that. 2000. AI, Kobe, LeBron again, <laughs> Dirk, Shaq. I'll take the 2000s team. I like That's... Curry probably. Curry beats AI, I think. Kobe beats yeah. Harden. LeBron's cancel each other out. <laughs> I'll take Dirk. And then who was the center? Shaq. Shaq. Yeah, I'll take the 2000s team, honestly. Okay. Okay, That's where I went with it, and people were up in arms. Oh, oh, you know what? Actually, I screwed up the 2010s team because KD should be on there. You forgot KD for LeBron? I did forget KD. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. I apologize to all the listeners out there. All right. This this was the issue. All right. So the guy reading the list. So the – it was a TikTok. The the list that the guy was reading was was Steph, Harden, LeBron, KD, Dwight. And then he said, I would take AD over Dwight. But in my mind, I thought he said both. All right, so that's it. So we'll, we'll do the original team. So it's still Dwight. AD's out of there. KD's on the team. I'll still do 2000. They have Kobe and LeBron. I think so, too. I think so, too. And they have Shaq. Like, I yeah. I think it's so underrated. Like, like Shaq in his prime. Like, I, I, I was watching highlights because I, I got in this debate on, on Reddit the other day. But his footwork, for how large he is, was so phenomenal. Like, he did, like, we're all familiar with, like, the Pascal Siakam spin move. Shaq did it, like, just as well before Pascal had it. Yeah, Shaq Shaq was very thick and very nimble. Like, people forget, like, he used to be, like, skinny. Like, when he first came in the league, in Orlando, a thick boy. He was, like, he had bounce. Dude, he had hops. He could jump out of the fucking ceiling. And then he learned how to just run people over posting up. Yeah, and it was actually more effective, but yeah. Like, I just, I don't know. Dwight is probably a a pretty decent option for for stopping Shaq. But, like, prime Shaq, like, if he wanted a bucket, he got a bucket. Like, that's just, like, I don't know if there's a more automatic bucket in NBA history, take maybe the dream hug. Should I, uh, like, yeah, that's crazy, dude. I can't believe, right? yeah, I don't, I don't think Dwight could stop Shaq, honestly. Prime Shaq. Dude, 
I, I, don't I don't think there think is like, really anyone that could stop Prime Shack, though. So. I don't think so either, because like when like Prime Shack was happening, like he shot like fifty six percent. He would shoot like fifty eight percent on like twenty attempts and still put up thirty a game. Like that's just insane. And he had Kobe on those teams putting up twenty five himself, shooting way more than he did. All right. Uh, you want to get into guess the lines for Let's tomorrow night's lines, NBA baby. slate? Guess them, guess them, guess them. So the first uh, guess the lines is where me and Colin go through the NBA games for the Thursday slate, and we try and guess the spread for the game. And we just have a little discussion about the two teams playing. And the first game of the night is the 76ers versus the Nets. Interesting. But you have to take into account KD's not playing. KD's not playing. Okay. It's it's still interesting either way, but... Ooh. And we know home games don't actually matter, but what is... Who's home? It, it's Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn? Yeah. I am going to go... Sixers minus seven. Minus seven? I do yeah. agree. I do agree. The Sixers are the favorite. No way the Nets without KD are the favorite. But I bet it's pretty close. I got. It's almost a pick'em. Like, I'll take. That just, I'll take. I'll take 76ers minus one. I feel no. It, like it has to lean towards the 76ers. The Nets are four and four, and without KD, like I know Jared Allen had a phenomenal game. Jared Allen winner of the week. Um, for actually getting starting minutes, but there's I, I don't see how there's any way because the 76 are like kind of blowing teams out. Yeah, well, their best win is the Magic. Fair enough, fair enough. Do you want to know the spread? I do want to know the spread. It's 76ers minus two. I feel like I, w- I want to be all over the 76ers. You want to know what I bet earlier this week? When Which the Celtics played the Raptors earlier this week, the Celtics didn't have Marcus Smart playing, and they were, like, plus five against the Raptors. And then they just blew the Raptors. They, like, beat them out pretty badly. Yeah. Dude, that's stupid. Yeah. Um, As we're... The next right, game I we got you... is uh, Cavs and Grizzlies. Cavs-Grizz. Interesting game. Interesting game here. Hmm, hold on. Okay, I'm not going to just jump into it. I, I'm really going to think this one out. The I think Cavs the Cavs have been might playing be the well. favorite. The Cavs have been playing well. The Grizz are No short. Garland, though. Ja. No Garland, no Ja. The Grizz played the Lakers pretty close the other night. and Pretty crappy game. Low field goal percentages all around. Um... No, I, I feel like I feel like the Grizz still have to be the favorite. I'm gonna go Grizz minus one and a half. It's gonna be Ooh, close though. I kinda like the Cavs. The Grizzlies are the home team though. And in a game like that, that probably does give you a couple points, honestly. Yeah, I'm saying like it might give you one. I'll go like, Grizzlies. I, I, like... I'll go Grizzlies minus two and a half. What do we got? Grizzlies minus four. Wow. Four is kind of a lot. That 
That yeah, that that feels a, like a little too much. I know Garland's out, but the Cavs have been playing well. Like the Cavs are like picking up wins right now. Yeah, like, mm, that's interesting. And and the Grizzlies are two and five. All right. I, uh, if, our if next I were a betting is... man, I'd I'd put money on the Cavs on that spread. Yeah, I, yeah, I take Cavs too. Um, our next game is the Mavs versus the Nuggets. Nuggets are the home team. Yeah, see, see, these are the ones that 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 fuck me up because it's like, like, how much are they riding like what's been happening recently? They Vegas does not really think recently as much as you think they no. do because they no, have they these don't. like very complex models that they're simulating like seasons and seasons through. Yeah, you know? exactly. So. No, and, and I mean, basketball can be pretty volatile, but like they, they still get pretty darn close. Um, yeah, basketball is pretty hard. If you want to bet basketball, you should bet like one to two games a night, honestly. You think so? Do you have like a betting strategy? Um, no, not really. But I like if you like parlays, like adding that third yeah, team in it. is so like volatile. Yeah, I usually like no, just I... betting like. Minus one ten things for five to like I bet five bucks to win like four ninety, that's what I yeah like yeah you know because I I think that I think that's fair because I've I at the beginning of the year I tried to do a couple parlays and I had two where I missed every single one of them yeah. like it's <laughs> just like anybody can win on any given night like you know like it's not like football where like I can sit down and be like okay like. The Packers are gonna win this week. The Chiefs are gonna win this week. The Ravens are gonna win this week, and be like, "All right, that's like pretty much free money." Like, unless something crazy happens. But yeah, like the Lakers could have lost to the Grizzlies the other night, and I'm sure there were people that thought that that was free money. Like, I don't think they covered. You know, so you, yeah. you just gotta be careful. Um. All right, wait, what team? What do we? Uh, we're on the Nuggets and the Mavs. Yeah. I don't like this one, dude. Ah, um, you know what? Yeah, I okay. I I feel like they if it's in Denver, I feel like they have to have yeah. Denver favored. Um, yeah. I'll go and and there's no Kristaps. I'll go the Nugs minus three. I'll go Nuggets minus two. See, I was Ooh, gonna say minus two. Right on the money, dude. Nuggets minus three. Let's go. Let's go. There you go. Um, I wouldn't bet that game. I wouldn't touch no, that would game. Not. There's just certain games that like I just don't think you should touch, and, and that is one of them because you have no idea. Like, in either that scenario, you could win by 20. In that scenario, I'd probably take like Mavs like, money line just because they're the plus team. Yeah. If yeah. I really like, wanted if, to bet If I was going to bet, yeah. Yeah. All right. Or and then our like last the game, our last game is the Timberwolves versus the Blazers. And the Blazers are the home Blazers. team. This might be a big one. Yeah, definitely gonna go Blazers here. Um, yeah, but like, how much? Yeah, um, that's the hard you know, part. I, my my gut instinct is is it's hovering around like a nine point spread, and I feel like that is is gonna be pretty darn close to to where it ends up. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Blazers minus nine and a half. And a half. Ooh. 
I is it double digits? Is it double no. digits on the Timberwolves? They're so bad. They do not be playing well, but it's not like that. The Blazers have been particularly. I'll go phenomenal. I'll go Blazers minus seven and a half. What? What do we got? What do we got? I'm kind of nervous. Portland minus ten. Let's go. Uh, I'll give myself. uh, I was half a point off. I was half. Would you take Portland? Um. Again, a game like ten is so much. There's so much room. Yeah, like it's just. To, yeah, the like 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 no at this point no at this point I would definitely take the Timberwolves actually like I I don't care like okay. it's early in the season like I, I know that like you're missing guys but like all, when all you have to do is lose by less than ten like anybody anybody can do that so like, if you I do feel... Sixers minus two Cavs plus four Timberwolves plus ten a hundred bucks to win five hundred ninety five bucks or Ten bucks to win fifty nine bucks because that's yeah, if you're, closer to the bank account. Yeah, if you're a weenie. You a weenie? You like bands, baby? You bet you bet a lot of bands? No. I bet like Put the... a dollar. <laughs> um you know I've gotten into recently is the is uh the DFSs, like the for the NBA. Oh, I think yeah, it's a lot of fun. Really fun. Um I think I think we should do an episode in like a week or two where we dedicate to like making daily fantasy lineups and then like seeing how they do. Oh, I could be down. That's, right? a, that's a really good idea. Alrighty. Well, with that, I think we'll wrap it up. Um, we'll hope to see everybody on Sunday. We'll, we'll be a little bit more serious, a little bit more streamlined with our, our, our fantasy advice and going through what we think for the upcoming fantasy week. Noah, any parting thoughts? Go Pacers. And go, go Bulls. Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Pacers. It's the Common Man's Basketball Podcast. We out. See you guys.